This is a 3CR community radio podcast. And Psychedelia is broadcast every Sunday from 2pm. For more info on anything you hear in the show, head to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the Encyclopedia program page. Good afternoon and welcome to Encyclopedia for this 3CR Radiothon special. Uh, and we have a lot to get through this afternoon because of some recent announcements overnight. We also wanted to have a look back at the year um, that has been, but uh, certainly uh, it's... it's um, uh, today's just been taken by storm by an announcement overnight uh, by the police minister that they would be cracking down on festivals by doing such things as removing uh, people's uh, uh, re- re- removing the requirement by police to uh, have reasonable suspicion to be able to search people um, uh, in order they say to reduce the harms of drugs. And we've heard from, I mean, over two years of this show from countless academics and professionals and people that actually work in this field that are, have said this is not the way to go. This is not the way to, the, to reduce harms. It's not going to save lives. You, it's, it's this sort of idea of it without it actually being effective in the community. Uh, also, Radiothon, please do call if you uh, have a donation to make. 3cr.org.au forward slash donate if you want to donate. Or on the phone, 94198377. And we have some wonderful volunteers waiting for your phone call right now. So please uh, call through and donate for the Radiothon. Uh, 94198377 in the studio this afternoon. Uh, Steph from uh, DanceWise. Steph, welcome to the program. Thank you, Nick. Ash Blackwell, uh, a regular on Psychedelia, but also from SSDP, but I like to... In Psychedelia first, SSDP came along later, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true that, true that. And uh, Greg Denham from the Yarra Drug and Health Forum. Greg, how you doing? Hi, Nick. Good to be here. And right now on the line to, to kick us off this afternoon, uh, from the uh, Victorian Greens, a member of the Legislative... Uh, Council, Colleen Hartland, uh, also member for the Western Region. Colleen, welcome to the program. Hello. Now, so Colleen, we've heard this morning that the uh, police minister has announced uh, a, a raft of crackdowns. We, we aren't quite sure what all of them are yet, because apparently the primary source for this information is a Herald Sun article. I, d- I don't know if you've seen otherwise, but um, it's looking like they want to be able to search people without reasonable suspicion at music festivals as a way to reduce harms. And I know that the Greens have been uh, campaigning recently on uh, reforming the way that we approach drug laws and drug policies. Have you read this news this morning? I have, and I know we're leading into an election campaign, so I think this is, um, even though that's not until next year, the state government is trying to define themselves as a law and order government, um, and it feels very much like, let's, let's try to make ourselves look as tough as possible, when in reality, this is not going to work. It hasn't worked you know, in however many decades they've been trying that it's not going to work this time. I think governments can actually prove their value much more to the community by actually taking a reasonable and evidence-based approach to drug um, law reform and harm minimisation, not this, let's, you know, let's try to suck up to the Herald Sun and and try to go as low as the Liberals. Um, That's not going to work. So uh, the police minister, Lisa Neville, is the uh, main person that's been quoted in this article. So from what I can gather, it seems to be mostly her. And she said things like, 
This is about protecting lives and ensuring music festivals are great places for young people to get together, not places for tragedies. But as we know, um, over two years of broadcasting and uh, many years between us of going to a number of festivals, uh, festivals for the most part are without tragedy. The tragedies seem to happen only when there are um, uh, nasty circumstances or things like um, what's going on at the moment where we're seeing just strange drugs, alphabet dr uh, alphabet soup drugs uh, on the market and people are taking these without knowing what it is. Um, and we've, we've heard all sorts of different responses. What, what's a better way to approach this issue, Colleen? Well, you, you look at some of the European models where police do do the early warnings, where these warnings are trusted by the community because they're doing them in their forensic labs, etc., the warnings go out, people know what's dangerous and as I understand it, there's actually a reduction in drug taking. So if governments want to reduce drug taking, they actually should be warning people about the dangers of particular drugs and but without judgment, without, you know, wagging the finger and saying just say no, but just factual information so people can actually make an informed decision about what they're taking. And it's an opportunity, if government used it well, to, you know, to do that harm minimisation and to make people more conscious about what they're doing has real potential for harm or death. So uh, we'll... Um Wait and we'll have to wait and see what happens with this and what the legislation actually proposes because there's nothing else available yet. Um, but we'll yeah. uh, keep our keep our eye on the campaign and um, thank you for your support as well no uh, against this. Thank you very much, Colleen, for joining us okay. on in Psychedelia today. Uh, this is uh, in Psychedelia. We were just speaking to Colleen Hartland, uh, member uh, for the Western Region, uh, of the, and she's up in the Legislative Council of Victorian Parliament for the Victorian Greens, uh, talking about this uh, announcement today, and maybe um, some some reactions, guys, because I know <laughs> we've, we've had a few. Well, I mean, I was so angry last night, I felt like screaming into an empty space, like I was just <laughs> raged. I'm uh, doing three-step breathing right now. I learned about the uh, strategy immediately before coming yeah. in. Five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like this government's been a little bit hard to read uh, over the last, I guess, year or so. Like it was hard to know whether they were actually going to move on some of these issues. Like it looked like maybe they would. There was a robust conversation happening in the public and in parliament. And then they've just slammed the gears right into reverse and are just... Backwards. Yeah. And, like, the the review mirrors are blinded. They're just heading back with no idea where they're going. And I, I can't see any way how this could reduce harm in the community. Well, I, I, we can see definite ways of how it will increase harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, first, firstly, it's anti-science, and this is, you know, where a lot of drug policy is going these days. It's anti-science. It's anti-evidence. The other um, <clears throat> group in the background that's pushing a lot of the government buttons around this stuff is the police association, who, mm. who, um, you know, who always see an election as an opportunity to get whatever they want out of governments, and they'll be pushing the buttons of the government at the moment for industrial peace to get basically whatever they want. So we'll see this escalate over the next 18 months. We'll see more and more punitive laws. Um, you know, we'll see the police uh, trying to arrest their way out of this, um, despite the fact that they like to make glossy PR statements to the otherwise. Um, now, this will be something which um, we'll see more and more of, which is um, greatly disappointing because, um, you know, Australia was once seen as a world leader in drug policy initiatives. Um, now we're seen as a bit of a backwater.
So it's, it's, a, it's a real shame that it's come to this. This is the Radiothon special for In Psychedelia this afternoon. So we are asking for your donations on 94198377 or at the website 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And so far uh, we've had a couple of donations that we'd like to uh, give thanks to. Uh, somebody called Mouse or a mouse. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's not clear on the sheet, but I'm impressed if it is a mouse. Uh, has donated $50 to us. Uh, Entheogenesis Australis, who are having their conference at the end of the year. Uh, Entheo.net is the website if you want to find out more about that psychedelic symposium. Have donated $52 uh, towards Psychedelia, and also Mr. Uh, David Kenyon from Ripponlee has donated $6.50. So every little bit counts and that's what we're looking for. Uh, 94198377 Now as we mentioned, uh, a lot of experts have spoken about this issue and uh, of drug harms at festivals um, and have provided uh, alternatives um, on how uh, we might be able to approach this given the evidence that we have. Uh, one of those people who has been a long-time advocate, very long-time advocate, is Dr. David Caldicott. Mm-hmm. Uh, David spoke at an event that uh, Harm Reduction Victoria put on uh, down in Docklands last year, uh, just quickly about pill testing. There is now no credible academic left in the country who doesn't think that this should happen, that we should be doing pill testing in Australia. There's nobody left who doesn't think we should be doing this. So it's a political thing. It's just a political thing that's stopping us doing this now. Because we've been doing this for ages. This is from 2002. Our comments on pill testing uh, from your parliamentary inquiry are in here if you want to revise them. And it's actually saved me a lot of time as well. Because I don't have to show you the data which I would have shown you anyway. Because uh, I've been showing you this for 15 years. And that uh, was David referring, Dr. David Caldicott, referring to um, one of the slides of uh, many piles of information he has. Piles of evidence over the decades that he has been doing this now. Showing that the way to reduce harms, specifically at music festivals uh, is to do things like have properly conducted uh, pill testing and I've seen that in this article this morning uh, pill testing again has been misrepresented classically strawmanned by a a police minister looking to create an argument where there is ignorance unfortunately. Yeah the, the key flaw in what they seem to say this constant propaganda is that I don't want people to tell my kids that drugs are safe and that's not what actually happens at any of these services. Like, nobody will definitively tell you that your drugs are safe. That doesn't happen. Um, No, what what we instead see is uh, um, people, punters, I suppose, engaging with uh, professionals, uh, with um, people that might be able to help out with good information. These people know that ultimately somebody is going to make the decision they're going to make no matter what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, you can shift that decision and they might change that decision um, <laughs> based on what you say, even though I said no matter. People are going to make the decisions they're going to make. Even if you if you tell them that you're going to hit them really hard, it doesn't necessarily change their decision. In fact, for some people, it, it makes them go the complete opposite direction. I think that's something that we don't sort of acknowledge, that when you when you get out the stick as the, uh, as the lever for... Um, uh, uh, getting people to engage in a in a behavior that you want them to engage in it's not always something that people will obey um because it demands obedience and i think that's what these policies are about it's it's something it's the stick rather than the apple the uh, apple and donkey well and i think that's the big tragedy here is like in new south wales in sydney in particular the nightlife is adversarial to the police like across the board people that take drugs people that don't take drugs anybody that likes to go out you know, after 10, 11 o'clock at night in Sydney, 
doesn't really trust the New South Wales police. And I don't know that we have that same level of antagonism here. You know, there's always a bit of mistrust between particularly people that take drugs and the police, but not to the same degree as New South Wales. Like I was just chatting to a friend last night that, you know, essentially got molested by the police because mm. she got subjected to a, a search um, at a train station and she didn't have drugs on her. She mm -hmm. was guilty of the crime of having dreadlocks. Mm -hmm. you know. mm. Yeah, and I think that that's the way it's going here. I think that there will, we will, um, over the next 18 months, we'll see new laws being introduced. We've already seen new terrorism laws being introduced. Mm. Um, you know, we're heading down the path of New South Wales where we're going to become a police state. And, of course, the focus is always on young people and drugs. That's the, um, you know, that's the low-hanging fruit. That's where we can make our mark. And that's where, um, you know, uh, we can get the most publicity because if you ask a lot of people in the community, that's what they fear the most. You know, young, young people out of control committing crime and drugs. So, you know, and that feeds right into that, me that media sensationalism um, as well. And the voice you're hearing there is Greg Denham, who is the uh, executive officer of Yarra Drug and Health Forum, but uh, also uh, one of the founding members of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition Australia, um, because you are a former police officer. Um, so you've seen these things firsthand. And and I mean, this is this is another um, thing that we've we've sort of touched on that. Um, it can seem like there's an antagonism towards police, but a lot of us here have experience with, uh, with police working at these festivals even. Um, and the police that are on the ground are often sensible. They're um, sympathetic to the arguments. They understand the evidence. Awesome. And, and they're, you know, they're, they're people that maybe want to see change as well, but unfortunately they've got other people mm. who don't see these things firsthand who are often politically motivated. I mean, Lisa Neville, obviously, because she is a... Uh, uh, Member of Parliament, not a police officer, but uh, often with um, with police organisations as you, well. You're absolutely right, Nick. Most police on the ground know that they can't win the war on drugs. Most police will say we need to do something different. Unfortunately, those police, um, the operational police on the ground, don't have that voice. They don't. They aren't able to actually say, "Look, this isn't working. We need to do something else." It is a lot of politics. It's about you know posturing for the top job, which is coming up soon amongst um, mm. senior police. So. You know, we, we need to sometimes push this sort of, you know, grandstanding aside and look at what happens on the ground. Mm -hmm. And uh, they know they know they can't arrest their way out of it. But it I, I'd also like to point out there's all this pressure on festivals to create some kind of drug-free utopia, but we know that drug use occurs at every level of society. And if we know that there isn't a police agency in this country, if we know that Victoria Police can't keep drugs out of their force too, you know, I'm not saying it's a prevalent trend or anything, I'm just saying saying there has been instances where police have been found to be using illicit drugs and or even dealing too. drugs. And in prisons. You can't exactly. get drugs out of prisons. Exactly. So and look, most of that drug use at those music festivals is actually quite safe. You know, or safer Tiny. drug use. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a lot safer than it is alcohol. You know, people you who are who are using ease and other cannabis, you know, at music festivals are probably, you know, far less dangerous or at risk than many other people there who are consuming Drinking. alcohol or... Yeah, three you know, sta so. 13 standard drinks can kill you. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and we might have um, ha have you listening along and going, well, hang on a second, but I've heard of these tragedies that have happened at music festivals lately. And in that, I want to sort of uh, ask you to, to think critically about the media that you're consuming because what we see, um, and there's there's a fantastic research uh, piece that a, an Irish guy did on the uh, Irish media, um, which I would be, uh, uh, I would hazard a guess that it's a much, more, much more or less the same in Australia, um, but he found that every single death that related to 
into ecstasy or MDMA over mm-hmm. a 20 year period was reported on and reported on heavily. Every single mm-hmm. death, there are only um, less than 10. I think it was about five or six over a 15 or 20 year period. But he said that all of the deaths associated with uh, alcohol um, that he was looking at in particular, mm-hmm. um, of all of them, and there were hundreds, perhaps thousands uh, that were associated with alcohol, um, got hardly any reporting. So there is mm-hmm. there is a waiting effect that happens in the in the popular narrative through the media, um, and that that waiting effect um, can sometimes reflect uh, biases, not what's actually going on. And that's why you need places like Three CR Community Radio, where we can broadcast different perspectives and we can uh, talk to you about perspectives that you might not hear on it. In fact, you won't hear on Channel Seven News. <laughs> You'll only hear that drugs give you brain damage. You will definitely hear that um, current affair uh, on the. Uh, I, I mean. I have seen some changes in some of the popular uh, media, the the sort of mainstream media, uh, but it's it's a very slow um, slow haul, and a lot of them are very nervous to not make drug use look uh, look like something that people should do or should or should want to do, and that's I think that's where there's a lot of uh, nerve around this conversation in the first place. Yeah, um, I wouldn't mind just delving into one aspect of the reporting that maybe you can shed some light on here, Steph, is mm-hmm. like the, the things that are communicated about is particularly around like these mass overdoses of GHB and like these kinds of crisis and the way that mm-hmm. the drug trends are changing in the community and what an appropriate response might be be to that like because I understand the concern I've been at festivals where you know there's multiple transportations in ambulances mm. and it is a legitimate drain on resources and quite a thing to you know for the community at large and emergency services to deal with so what would be a better approach than than you know because I understand it's there's a, mo- a response well, so th- before you oh, yeah. answer this is like one of those times when I'm going to build the anticipation for a moment uh, the <laughs> text line if you want to text through a donation it is zero four double eight nine three zero eight triple eight double five that's o four double eight nine three o eight double five and we have an anonymous donor who's uh, sent through twenty dollars uh, so thank you very much to our anonymous donor that's twenty dollars worth of coins falling onto the desk right now because we are raising money for Radiothon. Uh, Sassy, your response, please. Um, yeah, sure. So I was going to say there, there isn't a silver bullet to the situation. And as Greg uh, mentioned before, Australia was a leader in harm reduction um, and sadly we are now lagging behind. We are lagging behind, especially when you think about the fact that this is quite a wealthy country. So we need a multifaceted approach and it would include education, like uh, just evidence-based, credible education uh, from secondary school, school leaver, university O-week, more harm reduction education, even among healthcare professionals, Across the board, a better understanding of of drug knowledge, as well as actually implementing the evidence-based practices that are saving lives across the world. If you look at the DIMS system in the Netherlands, it's so sophisticated now. The kinds of conversations that uh, the EU pill testers are having, um, and this is what I was privy to at the Nightlife and Substance Use uh, and Related Health Issues Conference in Dublin last month, is they're talking about, oh, look, we're able to monitor our drug market so efficiently without legalizing, without regulating these substances, that we can give, like, Mm. 
absolutely targeted warnings, do we even need to keep doing this? We've pretty much regulated our market from the grassroots up. And then I worry because there was uh, people from North America saying, we're experiencing the car fentanyl fentanyl crisis right now. People are dropping like flies. They have done um, a commission and the advice that's being put to the government is as a matter of an emergency, we have to introduce pill testing. And here in Australia, we are, I wish we were still just burying our heads in the sand, but instead we've decided to aimlessly search anyone for no reason. Mm. Think about what that means. I can't think of another area where police have such powers. Mm. I can't think of whether it's firearms, whether it's you know um, any other situation where um, they don't need... Uh, reasonable grounds yeah. to search a person, and we're talking about people, you know, being asked to remove clothing, mm. clothing, um, you know, all sorts of intrusive types of searching. Which, you know, in terms of human rights, it, it's a, a, a huge attack on on human rights. Think about parents if they're nervous about their children or their teenagers, their young adults going to music festivals mm. and events because they are concerned they might get exposed to drug taking mm. or binge drinking, things like that, practices that um, cause harms. Um, now you might be reluctant to let your child go to a concert because you don't want them to be mm. sexually assaulted by a strip search for no reason. Mm, that's a very good point. And, and in fact, um, we might uh, come back in a tick. We're going to uh, take some more phone calls on 94198377. When you call through, you will be uh, going to one of our fantastic volunteers waiting on the phone uh, right now to take your donations for the 3CR Radiothon. Uh, the theme this year is Radio for Change, and um, we're hoping that we can change the direction on uh, the drug discussion because it is a uh, discussion that is unfortunately... Um, uh, focused around myth, it's focused around fear, it's focused around um, not ever uh, acknowledging evidence or what's actually happening. Mm. It's, it's a discussion that's um, uh, heavily marred. We are going to um, get somebody on the phone shortly. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, digital and streaming at the website 3cr.org.au. Are you wondering how to pay your donation? You can pay online by going to 3cr.org.au or call us on 94198377. You can also visit us in person at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy and pay by cash, cheque or EFTPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which programme you'd like your donation to go to. 3CR, Radio for Change. Harm reduction refers to policies, programs and practices that aim primarily to reduce the adverse health, social and economic consequences of the use of legal and illegal psychoactive drugs without necessarily reducing drug consumption. Harm reduction benefits people who use drugs, their families and the community. If you want to know more about harm reduction in Victoria, head to hrvic.org. Harm Reduction Victoria is a non-profit, user-based and user-governed organisation which aims to educate, inform, support and advocate for people who use drugs, their friends, families and broader community. 
Palestinians. Australia's role in the global weapons trade. Tamil people. Genetically manipulated crops. 3CR, covering community issues locally and around the world. Workers and unionists. People with disability. Public hospitals and public housing. Internet censorship and online free speech. 3CR 855 AM. Radioactive waste. Reproductive rights. Queer community. Sustainable transport, climate change, forest and wildlife. Public education. Support the station that gives voice to community concerns. Call 94198377. Squatting and Centrelink. Aboriginal and Islander communities. Land rights and justice. This is in Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, 855am digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au, which is also where you can go to donate. Just uh, 3cr.org.au, put a forward slash in there and write donate. Uh, you can donate online. You can also SMS through your donations to 0488 930 uh, or call through on 9419 8377. Uh, that's 9419 8377, raising money uh, for uh, 3CR Radiothon because it costs a lot of money to keep 3CR on the air. It's about um, a quarter of a million dollars we're aiming to raise, and I believe that's about a third of the year's running costs. Um, and I'm, I'm saying that looking for a nod. She's not quite sure. Um, so she's probably talking to somebody else. Um, yeah, the target is $220,000, close to a quarter of a million dollars. From what I uh, remember, um, that's only a small portion of what it keeps to keep everything going on the air. In the studio, we have Steph from Dancewise, Ash uh, from SSDP and in Psychedelia, and Greg from the Yarra Drug and Health Forum, also from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Australia. Um, we're talking about the year that was, but it's been um, uh, certainly focused around uh, the uh, news this morning or the uh, uh, the article from um, from Herald Sun entitled "Dance uh, Police to Get New Stop and Search Powers to Stamp Out Drugs at Dance Festivals." Um, and we've been just uh, uh, touching on that a little bit. But in the article, um, I noticed that a few of the um, high-profile uh, deaths were mentioned, and one of those uh, was the um, death of uh, Daniel Bucciante in 2012 at Rainbow Serpent Festival. Now, since then... Um, since then... Oh, no, sorry, that's that's my Herald Sun article. Uh, since then, um, Adriana has been campaigning for uh, sensible drug policies, has been working with the community and speaking with the community and has attended every Rainbow Serpent Festival since then uh, to speak to people in the community and to find out how you can actually... Um, you know, reduce the risks and stop deaths. Adriana, welcome to the program. Hi, Nick. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. You know, here we go again. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> uh, it seems to. I mean, over this time, what's what's your feeling over this time since 2012? Um, do you feel like things have gotten better for the community? Do you feel like other parents can rest assured that? Um, their, their children will be safe? Or do, or do you feel like um, this announcement this morning will uh, appease parents and make them feel safer? Well, to be very honest, uh, Nick, over the last five years, I mean, we get the little glimmer of hope, and that's only people that are working in a community like yourself and everybody else. But that, um, I actually heard the, um, uh, you know, the, the blurb on, on television this morning and then read the article. And uh, really, if I was a parent, that would horrify me. I don't think that we've gone far enough at all, at all. In what, fact, we've gone backwards almost. What do you, what do you feel um, we should be doing? Sorry, say that again? What do you feel we should be doing instead of these sorts of approaches? Well, this, this approach really only serves to, um, 
to to uh, how can I put it? Look, we we need the police. That's understandable. Yep. They're necessary, but but the same token, we want young people and people to feel secure. Mm-hmm. They're supposed the police are supposed to protect us, not crucify us. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 you know, lending Daniel's name to, um, to this article really, really just incensed me today because this is not what I'm about. We're about harm reduction and this doesn't create anything but fear. That's all it does. And, and, and what it does, it just, it actually destroys the community's ability to be able to go to the police and mm-hmm. think that they're going to be uh, protected. If anything, um, they're going to look towards the police. I mean, um, my guess is, Nick, you know, apart from politicians and banks, police are probably the next haters. And why should they be? You know, we look to them to protect us, not to do this sort of thing. So you've spoken Makes to no some. Sense to me. You've spoken to some politicians before, Adriana, when you launched the, the Change.org petition. How do you feel yeah. after you know having these conversations with them and then making noises like "Yeah, yeah, I understand," and then seeing this policy come out today? Disheartened, absolutely disheartened, <clears throat> because um, you know you sort of think, well, you you're taking a step forward and then you're taking 10 steps backwards. I mean, apparently the, um, uh, the, um, the, the thing that's happening in, um, in, in the parliament at the moment, the, uh, that's not going to be released till next year. So the inquiry into they, drug law reform, yeah. The, the inquiry, exactly. Sorry, I'm, I'm at a shopping centre. That's okay, yeah. So, <laughs> um, and so the inquiry, the, the results of that is not coming out till next year. So why are they preempting? Mm. Why are they preempting? Why are they doing this? I mean, my understanding is that the police are there to, to are their law enforcement and the law makers. And I have walked around Rainbow over the last four years and spoken to police and security people, and that's not their view. That's not the sense that I get. And in fact, the police that, that helped me when Daniel died were very sympathetic, very sympathetic indeed. So I, I sort of question really mm-hmm. whose motives and then who's actually doing it you know mm. it does seem to um be coming from and we, we were talking about this earlier on the program but it does seem to be a very top-down response that isn't actually looking at what's happening down there where people are actually uh you know taking drugs or where people are receiving harms or at that interface between these organized or these um uh, institutions like victoria police and the community and it's mm. it's not a terrible <laughs> interface at the moment but it seems like policies like this are just pushing it further and further, and policies like the sniffer dogs on the street in mm-hmm. uh, uh, in South Yarra. Um, That's a disgrace. And these and they keep pushing for these sorts of things. And the stories that we hear about girls having to squat over mirrors um, mm-hmm. or outside of festivals beside their car just to check in case they might be. That's you know, during a police search. During a police yeah. search, yes, yeah, yeah. But the point is that these are police searches happening at festivals because there is a assumption that uh, there's going to be drug taking and harm. Therefore, and that um, we need to we need to fix that situation by searching people's genitalia. You know, Nick. Over the years, I mean, you know, I'm not a spring chicken, but over the years, you know, police did searches that were unauthorized, and a lot of lot of unpleasant stuff came out of that. So this concerns me no end that they would actually have carte blanche to do that to people. Mm. And 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 where's the human rights in that? Really, mm. where's the human rights? Um, so what does that mean? That anybody who looks a little sus, who might have, 
you know, might look a bit different. They can go ahead and, um, and do searches. What, at first it would be at festivals, then it would be at nightclubs, then it would be in the city. You know, like how far do you go? Yeah. And, and I think people should be horrified, absolutely horrified mm. at, um, at, this, uh, at, this, um, at this report today. Absolutely horrified, really. Adriana, thank you very much for your comments on the uh, on the release today. Hopefully, we'll find out more about what is exactly proposed, and we'll certainly um, uh, be in touch. Adriana, thank you very much. Thank you, Nick. Thank you very much. Bye, then. This is in Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, where we are uh, in the middle of our Radiothon special, but also with the uh, covering of this uh, of this issue right now. But going over some of the uh, other issues that have occurred um, over the years, over the couple of years C- we've been we have broadcasting. Some good news, just very um, quickly. Yeah, look, we we might get into some. <laughs> <laughs> some, like it's all a bit news. grim. Um, it, sorry, yes, it is getting it. Well, how about the, the good news is that you can call and donate right now to 3CR on <laughs> 9419 uh, We are uh, about uh, the $250 away from our target. We've raised $300 so far, so thank you very much uh, to everyone who has made a donation on 94198377 or texted through to 0488 uh, that's zero four double eight nine three zero eight double five, and uh, maybe we'll get in some into some um, uh, some better news uh, in just a tick because I have a uh, a grab uh, from Dr. Stephen Bright. He's a uh, uh, addiction specialist. He's uh, actually I'm not sure where he's working at the moment because I believe he's on the Nullarbor right now uh, in between Curtin. jobs. <laughs> yeah, he's Curtin University. Is it still Curtin? Because he's he's moved now. Oh. He's moving to a different... That's why he's, he's on his way to WA. Curtin is based in WA. Uh, Curtin yeah. is, okay, so it's probably still Curtin. But um, uh, Stephen Bright was speaking at a fundraiser last night. Um, it was a psychedelic dinner fundraiser. Um, and he was talking about um, sort of some of the, the, the social... Um, uh, uh, the, the sociology of how how drug harms are formed in minds rather than the actual harms, uh, and he talked a little bit about it here. But in essence, the moral discourse says that people who use drugs are bad. Legal discourse constructs the drugs as contrabands and the subjects as criminals, and political discourse continues with the idea that drugs are dangerous. And it's their job. In fact, it's their job to protect us from these dangerous drugs. And hence, while we see moral panics emerging within moral discourse, and the political response to that is to save us all by banning more of them. And that's Dr. Stephen Bright speaking at a uh, psychedelic uh, fundraiser dinner last year, uh, which preceded the existence of the uh, Australian Psychedelic Society, um, which has been going since uh, early this year. And uh, Dean, Dr. Dean Wright is in the studio um, with me right now. Dean, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. But a little bit upset with what's going on in the uh, news. I know, we're, we're trying to apparently uh, uh, up the time. Hey, donate money to Radiothon nine four one nine eight three double seven. I know. Look, I mean, that's the thing about these issues, though. We 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 constantly uh, we have a little bit of good news and then a lot of bad news. So it's it's a little bit and then a lot. But um, uh, let's talk quickly about um, what's been happening with the Australian Psychedelic Society over the year. And thank you as well um, for the one hundred dollar uh, donation to the Radiothon. Uh, what, yeah, what's been happening over the year? Well, first of all, you're most welcome because your show is very necessary in the current climate and I think it's the best way to get some unbiased uh, information out there or we evidence-based, evidence-based information, <laughs> I should say. Uh, 
with a bias towards evidence. Exactly. Uh, so thank you for doing that. Um, so what we're trying to do is also doing that. And as you know, Nick, being a part of the society yourself, we've been hosting monthly events since the, the conception and the launch at Rainbow Serpent at the start of the year. I think there's been seven events so far. Uh, the last one was uh, held at the Flory Institute of Neuroscience and Mental Health at the University of Melbourne, which is the biggest brain research facility in the Southern Hemisphere. Very prestigious uh, place to hold. And I think there's 215 tickets sold. Um, it was a, yeah, a huge event. Yeah. So the uh, and, and basically we were uh, recall, recapping some of the science that. Uh, a bunch of us had learnt when we went over to the Psychedelic Science Conference in San Francisco. So there was uh, myself, uh, a fellow neuroscientist, uh, Dr. Jack Charles Alocca, um, a psychiatrist of 30 years, Dr. Nigel Strauss, and also fellow APS uh, conceiver, Melissa Warner. And we talked about some of the science. So we went over uh, talking about um, the role of MDMA in psychotherapy, how you conduct that. Uh, we had Nigel talking about uh, the current path he has taken uh, through as a psychiatrist and how he sees the usefulness of psychedelics. And we had an uh, interesting talk from Melissa talking about um, the use of psychedelics from mythological times, from ancient Greece uh, up until now, and what they consider the mystical experience using psychedelics and how that helps the medical use. And finally, we had a very, very entertaining talk from uh, Dr. Jack Charles uh, talking about uh, the unique <coughs> compound Savonorin A and what that is doing in the brain. So uh, overall, it was good to get to get the community together once again and uh, have people learn a bit about what these drugs are doing to our brain and how they can be used for benefit maximization. And I, I've just noticed on the uh, on my screen here that you've also donated personally twenty dollars, Dean. Is this correct? Ah, uh, yes. Definitely. Thank you, Dean. Um, actually, I have I have sound effects for these, but obviously I'm not ready for my uh, my canned applause. Um, but but this does show that there's a uh, you know there's another start side that um, um, we like to talk about uh, with the with the drug issue. There's there's a side where there's a lot of positive things going on. There's a lot of interesting <laughs> things about drugs. That's why people have been throughout human history we find uh, the use of drugs for all sorts of different things in fact we could uh, have a look at our society and have a look at the drugs that are at the center of our society and and sort of start to make a uh, you know it, the way that we alter our consciousness through the drugs that we use all the time through caffeine and through the many medicines that keep us alive and healthy and able to work constantly and work constantly and work maybe there's a, a thing in that the uh, the drugs that are there that uh, keep us active and going and keep us in a certain state of mind are uh, able to produce and be productive uh, elements of this uh, grand um, productive em empire Noam Chomsky talks about this a bit the, uh, the drugs of capitalism <laughs> caffeine to keep us productive and a bunch of other drugs to numb us to the existential angst of our lives but it, it's it's an interesting topic and we can't just discard it and say we need to you know police people into oblivion and we need to uh you know uh, do, do all these sorts of things because there is a lot of uh, a lot of uh interesting things that we can be learned about ourselves about how society works about how um the the human being works more broadly um i'd like to say thank you to a couple more uh people who have donated uh via the phone line nine four one nine eight three double seven if you want to donate for the three 
3CR radio thong thon uh, that is twenty dollars from Michelle. Thank you, right? Uh, thank you very much. And uh, Michelle passes on the message decriminalisation. Now you can pass on messages if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua uh, Phillips uh, donates ten dollars. Uh, thank you very much, Josh. And twenty dollars from uh, the fantastic <laughs> Judith Peppard, who uh, is in the other room right now. Judith and I uh, are two of four members that do 3CR's uh, Wednesday Breakfast. Judith has also produced some uh, segments for us on In Psychedelia uh, before, and um, I think she was uh, just doing something on a uh, another radio station just earlier this week on the, the history of the Summer of Love, of which um, it's uh, been a number of years since. <laughs> 50. Ah, 50 years since. So <laughs> Judith is a, um, a fantastic contributor uh, contributor, and another um, another person who uh, gets to have their voice through community radio and gets to share the voices of the people uh, that she goes and speaks to um, through being on community radio. Uh, this is In Psychedelia on 3CR, 855 AM, digital and streaming at the website. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 9419 8377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood. 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. In Psychedelia Radio Thon 3CR 94198377 is the number to call if you would like to make a donation and help uh, keep uh, 3CR going and keep all this equipment uh, going. Help, help keep the lights on and the uh, especially the lights on this device, uh, which I'm touching in front of me, which is the device that makes uh, everything happen. Well, look, it's part of a streamline of multiple devices that make everything happen. There's a whole bunch of them. It's not just this one. There's another room over there, um, which you can't see because I'm pointing with my finger. Um, but it doesn't matter anyway. You don't know the layout of... Uh, 3CR probably and then there's another there's a transmitter site out in uh, Werribee or Hoppers Crossing that needs to be maintained all of these things are expensive uh, to maintain and keep going so please 9419 8377 now uh, let's touch on cannabis because it's an issue in and of itself Um, just like how uh, alcohol and tobacco are often considered not drugs and we talk about them in and of themselves it seems that cannabis is heading that way it's in a weird position, cannabis, with the the medical and recreational sides of it being sort of separate and distinct in some jurisdictions by regulation and perception. Um, the good news that I mentioned earlier was that this week the Senate kind of ganged up on the government to push through a uh, Greens-sponsored um, initiative to basically uh, amend, I think it was the TGA regulations to mean that people um, with a a chronic illness um, that would otherwise be eligible for medical cannabis but couldn't find a supplier can now import it from a a regulated supplier overseas. Um, And we've spoken over the course of this show as the medical cannabis schemes have got set up around Australia, the big problem has been consumer access. Um, so the good news is that there's been some progress on that this week. Um, the broader area of cannabis, um, 
Well, I don't know. I think it's. I think we're a little way from like reg- regulated recreational markets here in Australia, especially with the direction things are currently taking. But overseas, I mean, it's it's really moving quite swiftly, um, both in the medical uh, realm where there's a lot of kind of high end research going on, both from governments, universities, pharmaceutical companies. And I guess more consumer, almost like herbal supplement type people. Um, <clears throat> and, um, and on the recreational side of it, we've now seen, well, California is the fifth biggest economy in the world. And that's now moving towards a legal regulated market in this coming year. And that's really going to change the dynamics. It's already changing the dynamics in the way that the drug war interacts Mexican and USA relations. So there's less cannabis moving across the border now, um, which takes power away from the most violent criminal cartels in the world, the Mexican drug cartels. So the other thing that's happened there is that this, the revenue that's coming from these legal regulated markets is going straight back into education, into health promotion, into health services. So all of these areas of society that are underfunded are seeing like a a bump in revenue. Criminal markets are being undermined without any contribution to increased use or harms in the community. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there was an article on the Age um, Saturday, John Sylvester wrote about, you know, that Victoria is now the epicentre, apparently, of the Australian... um, Yeah, hydroponic uh, cannabis industry, which, um, of course, has generated this whole kind of debate about, you know, well, what can we do about it? You know, we uh, we have this uh, massive sort of um, criminal network um, that's, you know, profiting from uh, cannabis, which, of course, those profits go into doing a whole lot of other things um, in terms of weapons and other criminal activities. So, you know, why why don't we just say, look, you know, we're not we're not going to um, ever um, eliminate, you know, cannabis. It's, it's something which a lot of people enjoy using, and in terms of safety, it's it's a far far less riskier than um, than alcohol. Why don't we regulate it and control it and um, tax it, and um, then we reduce the black market. We uh, eliminate the um, you know the massive criminal networks. There was actually a story that um, popped up uh, at the end of last week um, about another police operation, Operation Kronos, I believe was the super sexy name for this one, um, and Operation Kronos was uh, Victoria Police. Police, uh, targeting a number of uh, indoor cannabis growers across Victoria um, so that they can make the claim that they've re- removed millions of dollars worth of cannabis from the market and, you know, done whatever that is meant to do to people's um, good health or whatever. Um, and uh, they were talking a little bit about the different uh, the different gangs that are now operating and, and, and doing these grow houses. But what, what we really see from that is that there is a huge, sophisticated black market that is happening right now. Um, um, and that maybe we could um, approach this differently and regulate this market properly. And you know, maybe maybe all these mm. people. I mean, I, I I know that this is it's a bit taboo to be uh, on the side of uh, you know drug dealers. And but these are in in the end these are business people. And some of them are acting shady. Guess what? Some people who act completely legally are pretty shady characters too. You look at the sorts of things that you can do if you really know how to bend the rules and have enough money to do it. Um, but some people are in it because of passion because of love because they actually care about the product that they're outputting and if you can encourage that kind of industry um and if you can you know look after that kind of industry and and help people um to to manage it properly uh you probably have better relationship between the the product
product and the, the people consuming it and the business people that are in between that as well. So I know that's mm. a bit <laughs> a bit taboo. Um, it is 3CR Radiothon as well, and we've had a, a couple more donations uh, via the SMS line, uh, 04889308855. Uh, $20 from the Stoner Sloth. Thank you, Stoner Sloth. Hey, actually, um, I wonder if Stoner Sloth is still still sitting around here. No. No, it's... Oh. I had, I had Stone the Sloth on my... Do you want my, me to um, impersonate it? Yeah, yeah, it goes some Stone the Sloth. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's pretty much Stone the Sloth. And also $10 um, anonymous via text, or was it one of you? There's um, also another comment on this um, on this screen that I've got here um, where our fantastic volunteers are taking volunteer, uh, are taking donations. Uh, you can also call them on 94198377. Um, and I'm a little bit confused by what I have to do, but I believe there's $100 in it. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to negotiate what exactly is, is going on with the terms and conditions there, though. Didn't know we got terms and conditions put on us through the SMS line, but apparently you can do that. 0488 930855 uh, for the 3CR uh, Radiothon. Um, now, yeah, o- Operation Kronos was this one that, that came <laughs> out, but um, uh, there was a uh, uh, a law that's pa- over the past couple of years. The Victorian government has passed a, a few laws already, um, trying to uh, affect the drug market. And one of one of those laws, um, among other things, included a measure to ban the possession of material that included instructions on how to cultivate, manufacture, or traffic drugs. Um, and of course, all of the rhetoric around it was, "Oh, we're, we're going to stop the uh, ice." Stealers, those filthy ice dealers, just plying your twelve-year-old children with ice straight into the eyeball or wherever it is that people put ice these days, um, and and you know we, we, you need to support us and support this legislation. But sneakily in there as well, um, there was a uh, this bit about um, uh, yeah p- possession of material um, and the the uh, material. It seems like from from reading, and and this is probably I'm um, probably exaggerating this a little bit because um, we're going to do that to they exaggerate. Why can't we? I sort of wonder sometimes why why don't we get to like say hey this is possible um so if you have a high times magazine let's say popular magazine for cannabis culture since the 1960s or 70s i think it just got sold for several million dollars to who oh Uh, no don't tell me i'll get upset (laughs) um high times magazine often include um cultivation tips for cannabis um and it's a sort of thing that you can find readily online it's very easy to find but now the possession of such material um could uh give you a charge it's more likely to give you a charge if you're also cultivating cannabis and it's just that they can stack the charges on top um but yeah that that was a a book ban from the victorian government which uh you know we should we should really go out to parliament and burn a bunch of books for them and show them what they're doing um you know (sighs) can't have knowledge on drugs guys yeah (laughs) it's amazing how so many policies so many of these punitive policies not only are they ignoring science but they ignore history like um doing searches without any reason that was what started in the 1933 and under the nazi regime uh the burning of i think 38,000 books that Mm -hmm. happened and that's the 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 monument to that is a wonderful yeah i um, went to it in Berlin Um, but also just the history of the Greek gods because Kronos tried to eat all of his children so he would (laughs) remain in power 
but he missed one, and that ended up being Zeus. So, yeah, you can try, eat, and consume, and destroy all the plants out there, but you cannot get rid is of that cannabis. Really, is that really Kronos, and then they have Operation Kronos, yeah. knowing what the end of that tale is going to be? Well, they I don't think they Zeus. know what the end of the tale is. I think they choose names. Uh, yeah, yeah, they just go, hey, that's a nice name. I was just thinking it meant time something. Or was Kronos the father of time? Something like that. Oh, yeah. I see, I see. Uh, another um, donation through the SMS line 0488930855 in our last 10 minutes of the Encyclopedia Radiothon special. $50 from Heather in St. Albans. Thank you very much, Heather, uh, for that one. Um, if you uh, want to donate online as well, 3cr.org.au uh, forward slash donate. Now, we are coming up to a... Um, a, 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 a I, I want to say celebrate. It's not really a celebration. It's a, it's a campaign, a global campaign, global advoca- advocacy campaign on Monday, the 26th of June. Uh, support Don't Punish. Uh, last year for Support Don't Punish, uh, we were all, I believe, out in uh, out in Footscray um, at the... What's the square there in Footscray? Nicholson Street. Nicholson Street. Nichol- in the Nicholson mall. Street in Nicholson the mall. Street, yeah. um, where we had some artwork painted, where we played some music, and we had uh, a number of speakers. Um, and one of those speakers was from the Victorian Alcohol and Drug Association, uh, VADA. Uh, and it was David Taylor. And he was speaking on how to reduce incarceration rates for people uh, who use drugs and, and treat people who have substance use problems, not arrest our way out of this problem. And you start spending a lot less money on prisons, you start spending a lot more money on education and hospitals hospitals and maybe even drug treatment and a whole range of other preventive activities. We have a burgeoning unemployment rate, especially around young people in some areas. I was in Geelong the other night and the unemployment there is it's skyrocketing for young people. Um, young people with criminal records for minor possession offences, which might prevent them from getting jobs, is, is not helpful. It's not helpful with regard to getting these people engaged creating a sense of dignity and independence and so forth. That was David Taylor speaking at last year's Support Don't Punish event. Uh, He's from the Victorian Alcohol and Drugs Association, or VADA. Um, And uh, Greg, uh, you you were there. In fact, you were emceeing for us um, that afternoon. And there is another Support Don't Punish um, day coming up. But you regularly run events through the Yarra Drug and Health Forum as well. Yes, we've got an event coming up on the 28th of June at 11.30 at the Richmond Town Hall. We've got key speakers who are going to talk to a number of issues around, um, I guess, drug policy, particularly around the recent announcements from the federal government to um, to drug test uh, welfare recipients. So we're going to touch on a range of issues, um, which will basically, you know, argue uh, against the sort of punitive approaches that we're seeing, you know, coming through both at federal and state level. So that's 11.30 on the 28th of June at the Richmond Town Hall. It's in support of Support Don't Punish, which we know is an international event. Which, and, um, and more information at ydhf.org.au? Yep, yep, or they can contact me, me at um, Yarrow Drug and Health Forum at info at ydhf.org.au. That might have been too many ats, but we will put it on the Facebook uh, site and Twitter as well. Um, YDHF at? Or, or the word at? At info? At, yeah. At, at info. Dot, at, I thought there was another ad in there. Never mind. We'll, we'll make sure. ydhf.org.au is the, uh, is the website, and we'll pay, uh, post up some information. Ash? Um, SSDP, we've always got stuff going on. You can check our Facebook page and events for that. But this coming Saturday, the High Alert campaign is having a campaign day, which you can sign up to on the High Alert Facebook page. Um, and that's going to be around action in response to the sniffer dog operations that the police have been rolling out. 
There's also, for Support Don't Punish, um, uh, the details will be finalised this week, um, but uh, the launch of the welfare campaign, and welfare spelt mm. F-A-I-R, uh, which is in response to announcement by the uh, Commonwealth Government uh, that they would be drug-checking welfare recipients, 5,000 welfare, welfare recipients, um, and then uh, putting them through a bit of a, uh, a, a, a supposed good-for-them gauntlet. I actually do have a positive comment about the state government, which um, has come out and said that they don't want to participate in it and they won't support That's it. That's true. Yay! That is true. <laughs> Thank you, state government. Um, but like we said, one step forward, two steps back. They do one thing nice and you go, ah, oh, and then they go, by the way, we're coming for your festivals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Um, we're just about to the end of the program, so maybe some final comments from our uh, panellists who we've got, uh, Steph from DanceWise, Ash from SSDP and in Psychedelia, and Greg from... Uh, YDHF and Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. We've also got Dean Wright in the room from Australian Psychedelic Society and Greg Kasarik, who is um, a... Uh, well, he's, he's faced the uh, Victorian government off in court over uh, possession and use of LSD, and that's... Unfortunately, we've run out of um, time for that story, but you can find podcasts about it. Uh, some final comments, guys. Positive spins? Is that um, what we're looking for? No, <laughs> I'm not going to give a positive spin. I'm going to say it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Um, community is really important. Community mm-hmm. voices like this one are really important. So, you know, people ask often, what can I do? Number one, show up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be events. There's going to be campaigns. Show up, sign on, speak to people in the community about it, write to your politicians. Um, it looks like the government isn't going to change track because we ask them nicely. So it's going to take a little bit more. Yeah, look, I think we really need to... Um push this issue into the broader community now. The police now have powers to search people without any suspicion or or reasonable evidence um, in terms of drugs. You know, um, I can see this also applying further to, um, you know, to nightclubs and other places. Uh, You know, if this is the approach that the um, government's going to take in the future, then I think, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of um, despair amongst a lot of parents around Mm -hmm. how their children are going to be treated when they go out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for positive spin still. We're alive. We're still here. We're still uh, able to raise awareness about these issues. And uh, there is a, a history of community action to be very proud of in Australia. Um, I would just like to mention that Harm Reduction Victoria will be celebrating its 30th year this year. Woo! So, you know, like uh, we're gaining momentum. So keep it going. And any final donations can be made at 3cr.org.au forward slash donate or on the phone line 94198377 or you can text them through to 0488930855 it is 3CR Radiothon raising money to keep 3CR on the air and going and keep these sorts of voices uh, going for another year Queering the Air are up next so please uh, if you have donations for them uh, do call through um, pretty much right now you can do that (laughs) enjoy your afternoon see you later This is In Psychedelia. Comments, complaints, or contributions are welcome. Jump on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, and head to the In Psychedelia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook or Twitter, or send us an email. In Psychedelia does not condone or condemn people who use drugs for their choices. Our aim is to present the diverse intersections of psychoactive drugs and society. If you are concerned about your own drug use or a friend's drug use, DirectLine provides a free and confidential counselling service 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 
call 1-800-888-236. And Psychedelia will be back on 3CR from 2pm next Sunday. You've been listening to a 3CR community radio podcast of Encyclopedia. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.